Welcome, everybody, to the show, breaking down the best sports city in the world, Philadelphia. I'm your host, Anthony. With me, as always, is my co-host, Matt. Matt, what is going on today? It's a busy, busy week here in Philly sports, I guess. we got Philly starting back up. We've got Flyers kind of playing hockey these days. If it's against the Sabres, kind of not if it's against anyone else. And then yeah. heading into the All-Star break for the Sixers. So a little bit of a break coming up for the NBA for us. A little bit of a break. If the Sixers win tonight, as they're on right now, they go into the break first in the mm-hmm. East. If I told you that at the beginning of the season, I don't think you would believe it, um, especially right at like the beginning of the season, a couple games in when the Nets acquire James Harden. And right. now the Nets are right on our tail. So I'm not saying we're blowing the Nets out of the water, but you know what I mean? I just did not believe that this team would do it this year. But they built it. They got a great coach. They have the confidence. Ben Simmons is playing exceptional basketball. I mean, MVP-level basketball. People can say Embiid's going to be the MVP, which he should. But Ben Simmons is right there, especially the last five games. His stats are insane. But something we haven't really covered that we really wanted to. But, like, you know, this is our third week in a row doing the show. This Mm -hmm. was supposed to be bi-weekly. Obviously, we do the show. Then Wentz gets traded. Now it's what what can we focus on besides the Eagles? Because in about two weeks time, when free agency starts, Eagles are going to own the Wizwit pod because Eagles own the Philadelphia sports scene. A team that I love that I think might be one of the next few, one of the next ones to win the championship. We said last week it's between the Sixers or the Flyers is the Philadelphia Flyers. And I want to get into them. And I know it's been a weird season the COVID list, all that stuff going on. Um, But this team continues to be a decent hockey team. Mm -hmm. What I'm seeing from them is they're young and their defense makes a lot of mistakes. Now you are going to pay, you're going to kind of quarterback us through the flyers. I watch them. You watch them every night. What do you think the problem with the flyers and what do you think they succeed in? What do you think is their ceiling this season? So the, the Flyers are, are one of those teams that when they're hot, no one can match them. It's just they're a streaky team. We saw that last season. I mean, they caught fire right before the pandemic, shut everything down. We were kind of nervous what's going to happen to the Flyers when we get Flyers hockey back. We saw them win three straight and take the first seed. So they have that potential when they can put everything together because they have a lot of good goal scorers on that team, a lot of young goal scorers on that team. What they kind of lack and what we saw yesterday against the Pens is just the defense is kind of 
they go big and sometimes it just misses. You know, Shane Gostaspear has had yeah. kind of a, a return season this season. He's been playing very well. Yesterday was a bad Shane Gostaspear. That well, we that, that that's the ghost I saw last year, right? That's that's yeah. not the ghost. I, and, and I'm not the biggest ghost guy, and I was. Like, he was the savior his first mm -hmm. season, right? Yeah. I like ghost, but my thing is, if you want to play offense, just be in, be on the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't push up all the time. And that's his problem is he's overly aggressive on the offensive end. Sometimes it pays off. The past couple weeks, we see him back off and actually play some great defense. 100%. The, and then the last, I would say one or two, he's back to his habits. And it's, it's being young. It's being undisciplined. But you can't be undisciplined in front of a young goalie. And I think Carter Hart's it. I think he's going to be the goaltender in Philly for the next 10 years. He's young. He has that little bit of an inconsistency streak in him, right? Yep. You need to shore up in front of him. If you shore up in front of him, remember when the Flyers went to the Stanley Cup, Michael Layton was their goalie because they yeah. had a defense that shored up in front of him. I mean, you had Chris Pronger on that team. You didn't really worry about the defense. Pronger yet. team in it. Yep. I mean... Um, Brayden Coburn was there at that time. I mean, Coburn was a big, I mean, Coburn yeah. was a big body, man. Yeah. So a big they, body. They had like the bruisers. The, the okay. Flyers defense doesn't really have the bruisers anymore. They have kind of skill players who can create offense, which is a nice thing to have. Yeah. But it's kind of a luxury that the Flyers don't really need. You know, what they need is kind of those guys that are going to shore up. I mean, yesterday we saw how many breakaway opportunities for the Pens. Um, there was that instance where there were two Penguins players behind the Flyers defense just waiting for a rebound on a shot. Like that stuff can't happen yep. if you're going to have success in the playoffs because any good team is going to exploit that. We've seen the Bruins just kind of exploit that weakness every single we would be uh, the best team in hockey if we didn't have to play the Bruins. Right. And, and, and I know the schedule's weird, and I want to say what's up to Kyle and Infinity in the chat. Thank you for joining us. Um, I, You know, it, it's this is murderer's row this year for us. Mm -hmm. It's just rivalry after rivalry after rivalry, and it's like we probably have one of the hardest schedules along with the Penguins. And, and the Capitals yeah, and the Bruins. It's like right. they're they're in the toughest division in hockey. I would say. Yeah. I mean, you have the Caps, the Bruins, the Penguins, the Islanders, who like, I mean, were the Cinderella story of last year, and still have a pretty decent squad. And so you know, they, you can, they can put the puck in the net. That's the thing. And any right. game they can go off for six or seven. Right. And then, I mean, you have teams like the Devils and the Rangers who aren't great this year, but they always play the Flyers it's tough. A, but it's a more. rivalry. It's like yeah. when the Eagles are 13 and two and they go into two and 13 New York. Right. It's not a sure thing. You know, it's like the Sixers playing the Cavs for some reason or the Magic last season. There's always those teams that just seem to have our favorite teams, Achilles heel. Um, and it, there's a couple of them in the NHL. So I, I do believe in Carter Hart. I hope we don't give up on him early. What I what I do need to see is we have a lot of highly paid forwards yes. that aren't really producing the way they should be. JVR being a check. Yeah. Uh, I mean, JVR is leading the team in points. I believe he has 25 through 19, which I don't want JVR leading our team in points. Right. That means we're not scoring enough. Right, because he's a garbage man. That's what JVR is, right? JVR is, and and for him, that's that's why it's been a weird season. Because that's those aren't 
really the goals he's scoring this year. He's yeah, not he's he, like actually shooting the puck. Right, which is nice to see, but that's because he's picking up the slack for, you know, Jake Claude as much as I love him, you know, got to put that puck in the net, man. Uh, and the other night, he must he was just playing posts. Yeah. He was just playing post like beating the goalie hitting the crossbar, hitting the post. And it's been like that this year for, for Giroux and obviously coming off the COVID, but he is. And that's the thing. Like they looked flat without him. He came yep. back off the COVID list. It's like this team might be able to win. Or if they're down three to one, you're not counting them out because right. he's that difference maker. So as much as I want Giroux to score, I'm okay with him. Not because, you know, I want Kevin Hayes to score a little bit more. Kevin Hayes was great last season. And I think he's third this year in the team in scoring. But mm-hmm. that's the guy I want up there. I want TK up there. I want I want these. I want Couturier up there. Yeah. I know Couturier is more of a defensive presence, but he has the body and he has the toughness to kind of take that Scott Hartnell role as well, where he right. can be in front of the net, get some deflections, get some rebounds. That's what I miss about Flyers hockey is it doesn't feel like Flyers hockey. Flyers yeah. hockey is we're going to bully you. We're going to push you around. We're going to make you want to quit because we're going to beat you to a pulp, especially on the defensive end. I haven't felt like that in three years, and maybe it's when they gave Wayne Simmons up because if they were down, that dude's dropping the gloves and he's sparking something, right? Right. We don't have that spark anymore. I don't feel like we have – I don't feel like they – and maybe they they care, right? They care, but if you're down one in a hockey game or two in a hockey game and you need a momentum boost, you drop the gloves. That's what you do. you make the other team pay by hitting them. They don't. They they right. don't. It's very they finesse. Finesse. They don't have that go-to guy anymore. Because I mean, as Flyers fans, we've been spoiled for years that we've had. You know, Wayne Simmons. We had in Carcillo for so long. Oh, you God, know, what a terrible. <laughs> that we knew would just agitate, get under the skin, and just turn the momentum that way. Frustrate these guys so much, even though they're up big, that we battle our way back in it. And you know we. We've seen glimpses of TK doing that, getting under the skin, but he's not hes not going to be the, the drop the gloves all the time guy, and I don't necessarily want him to be, but you do need someone like that on this team. You need an enforcer, and that's what, and that's what I just don't get about this Flyers team because I think that's what they're lacking, and I think that's the one piece they need. If you put an enforcer on this team, especially a defensive enforcer, mm-hmm. it changes the makeup of this team. Yeah, easily. It changes the whole way they play because I like that they play fast, right? I like that they're starting to play like a Western team where it's just, they're, you know, they're skating quick. They're, you know, they're shooting more. But at the same token, it's like the Flyers were great for so many years because they slowed it down, right? They, they were literally just bully you. That's why they're the Broad Street bullies for years because they played tough. And if you were flying around, your head should be on a swivel because they were coming for you. Right. And I think that kind of changed when they, you know, Giroux is the captain. Giroux's not a hard-hitting guy. You know, you went from, what, Pronger? Richards mm-hmm. to Pronger to Giroux. Right. Now, that's three totally different people, right? Yeah. But Richards was always good for a big hit. Or he would he would try to fight. He wasn't the best, but that was his spark. Pronger, yeah. nobody wanted to mess with Pronger. He right. was a bully. Then you went to Giroux and you went more finesse. And I feel like the team has been going more finesse. And I know Giroux's getting older now, but you need uh, you just need someone 
to push people in front of the net. You're making it way too easy for these teams to score on Carter Hart. Have yeah. too many opportunities. There's a five or six shots a game where I'm like, how did Carter Hart save that? Right. There were a few last night where I was like, wow. I mean, they, they could have been blown out more than they were. I mean, the fluke empty net goal as he was leaving the ice is kind of one thing. But, I mean, two breakaways, mm -hmm. power play goal, and, you know, two offensive players sitting behind your defense, that's not going to help Carter Hart win the game. Yeah, the, the flyer, it's like every time they have their puck in their zone, it's like you're just waiting for the turnover. It's like pulling it's teeth, man. Even like at the at one point last night, and I was like, I don't want to see the Flyers on a power play for the rest of the game. They just weren't generating anything off the power play. And for going against a team that's not great on the PK like Pittsburgh, it should have been a walk in the park. It just I and I have faith in this team because they're young, right? They're mm -hmm. young. And I liked Voracek's attitude at the beginning of the year, right? I like I like that these guys have each other's backs, right? I love that about this team. But you you need to be more aggressive. You need to get you need to get a, a, a just a a defensive presence. Oh, 100%. One and player changes that whole team. Yeah. And here's the thing though, even with the Flyers losing games, they're still so fun to watch. I yeah. mean, they're they're kind of like the the process Sixers where you're like, "Ah, eh, if they win, we'll see what we've got." Flyers obviously in a better position than that was, but you know, it's fun to watch these guys develop. They're all growing up together as a team, which is really cool to see because I think that bodes well for the future with everyone on that team being so young, aside from like Claude Voracek, JVR. JVR is kind of what, is he 30 now? I don't yeah. know. I mean, probably wrong side of 30, but still, I mean, you have those veteran presences. You just need someone that takes the the identity of Flyers hockey, which is always toughness, toughness, physicality. Right. You yep. need someone back in the defense like that. Um, Kyle from, from Canada, our buddy Kyle, um, love the Leafs signing Simmons. Too bad he's injury prone. Listen, but again, it's that heart. And that's what we, we miss in Philly is that heart, is that grit, is that he knew when to fight. He knew to stick up for his teammates. I mean, there's times where I see like, the, the old flyers, like, and I, I sound like the old guy, the old flyers would never, but like th even four years ago, if you're pushing their guy, they're fighting, they're coming after you. Yeah. And this, they don't even like protect each other as much as they used to. I know NHL is trying to go away from the fighting and all that. It's dangerous, but it's what, that's what flyers hockey is. Yeah. So you're going to have to be that bad boy team because, and I know it's hard too, because they're playing without fans. And so, I mean, now you can, I think what 2000 or 3000. Yeah. 20%. There's usually 19,000 in there going insane for that team. Yeah. And that changes like, are you going to fight someone in front of nobody? That's a right. little weird, right? Yeah. You need that momentum. Cause that's what, that's what fighting is for is to get the fans involved. Right. So I get that, but they just need to do something. They need an aggressive side and they need to shore up their defense. Cause in front of Carter Hart right now is just a mess. It, it's, yeah, it's bad. There's, I know they're still playing with the rotations and everything. I mean, I, I like some of the pairings that we've seen. I really, really want to believe in in the Ghost and Provy pairing. I think that that has so much potential. But we need Ghost to just kind of be who he was for the first part of the season and not regress to 2020 because that that's not the Shane Gosses pair we need on this team.
Nope. We need, like I said, with a young goalie, don't give up on him, right? Okay. Like, don't let him become the one that gets away, and then you're like, oh my god, what do we do? You know. Yeah, I mean, I, they have to take the long look at this. I mean, last night you can see five goals and be like, well, Hart had a shitty night. He didn't at all. No. I mean, so I mean, it, it needs to be a thing. Cut down on the turnovers in front of the net in your own zone, and I think this team goes far just with that simple cleanup. It's just fixing small mistakes. The small things. It's the basics. You know what I mean? It's the basics that that they need to correct. And I think I still think they have a great team. And if they catch fire, they're a tough team to beat. Yep. Because I the, the thing I love about the Flyers is every night they go out there, they believe they can beat anyone. Yeah. And you can tell by the way they play, they believe they can beat anyone. Yeah, I mean, we saw that last year, too. I mean, they had a slow start as well, and then they just reeled off like they went 25-6 and six at one point, and then COVID happened, and it was put the brakes on the season. So we'll see. You know, when they get hot, that's one of the best teams in the NHL. I agree. Now, going from one of the best teams in the NHL when they're hot to going to one of the best teams in the NBA Right now, our Philadelphia 76ers with a win tonight go into the all-star break, the, the last minute all-star break, uh in first place. And it's a testament to see that this this thing worked, right? Because so many Philly fans, and I and I don't blame you, I'm not gonna point fingers. I'm a Ben Simmons fan, so I like his game. I went over his accolades. Yesterday, I said to my coworker, I went down that and I said, would you want that guy on your team? And he said, absolutely. I said, then why did you want to trade him? <laughs> because he was one of the people saying we should trade him. Yeah. With a great coach, right? With Doc Rivers, look at the development of Simmons and Embiid this year. Mm -hmm. And look at the reemergence of Tobias Harris this year. Yep. I am very happy with the Sixers. I love the way they play. People get mad when they lose. You know when you're a good team? When people get mad that you lose one game out of six. Yeah. They want you to run the table. As far as I'm concerned, give us a top three seed, and I see this team giving Brooklyn problems if they have to face them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, a lot can be said for Doc Rivers and especially for the coaching staff that he assembled because it's – evident the impact that Sam Cassell has had on Ben Simmons since he came here. I mean, his defense was really high already. It's elevated beyond that. First in the league. Be smarter with the ball. His turnovers are cutting down, which was one of the big critiques of Ben last season. He's getting cleaner with that. He's not making the errant passes as much. He's not trying to force things. He's being smart with the ball when he brings it up. And I think that's a lot on Sam too. And, and it's funny, I, I saw on Twitter earlier today that 20 years ago we had Iverson and Matumbo as MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. This year we have Embiid and Simmons, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. And, I mean, we saw what that 2001 team could do. I think there's reason to believe that this team can go just as far, and if not farther, we'll see. Lakers are – or a tall order if AD is healthy. If AD is healthy. If AD is healthy. Yes. I mean, you still got the Clippers. You still, I mean, the, the problem with the NBA now, it's not really a problem because it's not like when the Heat were a team and it's one super team or when, you know, Golden State was a super team. You have 
so many two and three player click yeah. around the league There's that parody, kind yeah. of created a balance, right? So you don't know who's going to win it. Right. The one thing I can say about Ben Simmons is this past week or two, and we talked about it last week, the confidence to drive to the net yeah. and not kick it out has been outstanding. Get to the line, hit your free throws. That's where he's going to win. Yeah. The improvement I saw with Embiid was as simple as the other night. He had a wide open three. He drove the lane and Indiana cleared like a nuclear bomb was going mm -hmm. off. Yeah. And that is what I want to see from Embiid. Yes, you can shoot the three, but why take a 40% shot when you could take a 90% shot? Embiid right. playing smarter. Ben Simmons is playing smarter. Um, Curry has been great for this team. There's games where he misses some, but there's games when he doesn't miss. Yeah. Right. The other night, Shake Milton, unconscious. The reason yeah. I like that Shake Milton had that great game is because I want to ship him to Toronto so I can <laughs> get Lowry, right? right? So Lowry wants to come here too. That's an update from last week. He wants to come home to Philadelphia. And yeah. people could say he's he's old, he's 34, he's 35. The dude shoots 43% from the three. Yeah. 43% from the three. Yep. Package Danny Green and Shake. Give him a first round pick. Bring Kyle home. I mean, Cork Moz went off the other night. Yep. The other thing I really like too, um, I mean, the Cleveland game was frustrating just because we forgot how to shoot free throws. And that was one of the Seth Curry disappearing nights, but it happens. It, it is what it is. But against the Pacers, you saw Embiid pass out of the double team so quickly and smartly he was i mean Korkmaz hit three threes in a row because of that double team so teams are going to start seeing that fall off the double team and that's when Embiid starts to dominate again it's like a double-edged sword for these teams and it's nice to see Embiid finally embracing that because we've seen Joel in the past when he gets doubled tries to force too much stuff mm -hmm. he didn't against the Pacers and we were up big enough that him and Simmons didn't have to see the court. yep and if any time that you can get Joel 30 points and he doesn't play the fourth, okay. I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it all day. He had, what, like 24 points in 23 minutes or something? Points in 20, like, <laughs> like eight or nine rebounds. And I was like, all right, go sit down. You're done for the night. Yeah. And that's – and Shake Milton ended up with like 20-something or eight. Did he have 18 or 20? I forget. But yeah, it's close. This, but team, this team is so fun. It's like the Flyers, right? Yep. It's like everything I felt during the Philadelphia Eagles season flipped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was so excited for the Eagles, right? And it flipped on me, and I wasn't excited anymore. Right. Right? And it was a letdown. Every single week I watched, I didn't want to watch, but I am a diehard, so I watch. Watching the Sixers is a total opposite feeling. Yeah. I look forward to watching them. I love watching them play. I get, I get hyped when I watch them play. I don't watch them for the sake of watching them. I watch them because I enjoy. Yeah. And that's a whole different type of feeling um, yeah. as a fan. Um, you know, like we all watch because we're fans. But when you actually watch because you're enjoying, man, that game's fun. Yeah. It's so fun. Makes and the Indiana game was so fun. Yeah. Indiana game was so much fun. The Mavs game was a ton of fun to watch. I mean, I mean, Luca, right? Luca's unbelievable. Yeah. And Simmons. Locked him down, and that performance put Simmons over Rudy as the number one uh, 
Yeah. In the, the, the race for defensive player of the year, that performance yeah. against Luca, because nobody shuts Luca down like that. No, nobody sh- shuts Harden down like he did two weeks back. Yeah. The guy is just playing with so much confidence. And the thing I love about Ben is his defense turns in to offense. When I played ball, that was what we were taught. A good defense is your best offense yeah. because those blocks, those steals, those rebounds, all lead to outlets, and you're running. And if you can run, you can win, and the Sixers can run. Yeah, and what's most fun about Ben is he wants that matchup. He wants to be the guy to lock those people down. He doesn't shy away from it like you see some good defenders do. You know, um, Gobert will have a a good defensive LeBron has a habit of switching off too. Right, he does. I mean, he's 35 now, but if you're the best player in the world, I mean, Giannis as well. We saw him fall off of Butler a ton in that series last year. And and what happened ultimately is Butler just took over games and the best defender apparently wasn't defending him. So when you have someone that wants to seek out those matchups, then that's a a very good thing to have because it's not just playing good defense on, you know, some guy that you're matched up with. It's finding the guy who's going to hurt your team and shutting them down. That's what Ben does night in, night out. It's like in football, that's what I loved about watching Darrell Rivas play back in the day. Team mm. try to go to the other side, and he would go to the other side. He's like, you're yeah. not, not going to beat me. Like, If you want to move Andre Johnson over there, guess who's going over there? Like, I'm not staying in the zone. I'm following the best. And that's the type of defense, and that's the type of mindset, I think, that is making Ben succeed and play with more confidence yeah. is on the defensive end because he's so good and he's only getting better. And then you bring in Thibel. And then when those two are on the court, it's like your your perimeter is locked. Yeah. It's locked, right? Yeah. No and one is a great defender as well. He doesn't get credit for it. Right. So yeah, I mean, they're and they're making the guys around them better because Tobias's defense has improved this year off of last season. Um, we've seen some in Shake and Maxi to an extent. I mean, they're Maxi's Maxi gambles and he's yeah. young. He's young. He'll he'll stop. But when he does get it, man, it's exciting. Maxi kind of reminds me of, of the uh, TJ McConnell defense where he'll he'll get like those one two turnovers where you're so excited, but then he just gets beat sometimes. It's, and you're like, it's the, it's the Asante Samuel effect. He right. jumps around, and he's gone. But man, if if he gets beat, it looks bad. It yeah. looks bad. <laughs> I actually heard the Eagles, and this is a little side note. Eagles are looking at Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah, I love it. Oh man, bring that twenty two back. Bring, 22 back. <laughs> bring that twenty two back. Um, but yeah, I do think the Sixers, I, I honestly think the Sixers are a top four team in the, in the NBA. And I know that if yeah. they were in the, the West, they'd be like five or whatever stupid facts people throw out there. Well, they're not in the West, right? Right. right? They're and, not in the West and you don't need to be in the West to win. You don't need to fight Goliath to win. Let them beat each other up, limp right. into the finals. And I think the Sixers will beat anyone. I think the Sixers can beat a healthy Lakers. I think the Sixers can beat a healthy Clippers because defense wins championships and it's going to be hard to beat the Sixers four out of seven with that defense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they might lose game one kind of like they do every playoff series and then they refocus and they figure out the weaknesses and they kind of exploit that. You know, we've seen it year in, year out with the the first round matchups where – Everyone always says, ah, the Sixers will probably be my pick to be upset. And they 
find ways to exploit matchups. And now when you have a coach like Doc, who's very good at that, and you have two hungry, determined stars in Simmons and Embiid, I think this team makes a deep run. Yeah, I think they're the sky is the limit. And watch that trade deadline. Watch yeah. that trade deadline because for the first time in a couple of years, I know they got Butler the one year, but for the first time in a couple of years, it's legitimate. Yeah. We're and not only that, you don't have to worry about us losing out on the trades, giving up too much. I think Maury knows his max and he doesn't get pushed past that. I think and- Brand could easily be talked into giving up more. Alton Brand would have gave up Simmons in a heartbeat. Yeah, I really believe that Alton Brand would have gave up Simmons for Harden in a heartbeat. I think Maury Maury so. was the the neutral voice that said, "Let Doc get these two. Yeah, let that give him a year because next year some other hot name will be on the the trade market. Yeah. Let's see what Doc can do." And that's the thing. I mean, every year we hear, "Oh, a player like this isn't going to be on the trade market." that often but every year someone is i mean if it's not but my favorite player in the not, nba is dame lawyered right yeah you got to think eventually he's gonna be like i can't take it in portland right like i know that he's a loyal guy and he has a heart and he has all, that he has the closest thing to the mamba mentality that you can have right now but eventually you're gonna go you aren't helping me yeah a guy like bradley beal right yeah washington can try whatever they want. They're not a good basketball team. No. They've never been a good basketball team. I mean, if, if you watch the Wizards games, their whole offensive focus is just give the ball to Bradley Beal and hope for the best. And that's why they lose every game because they have no one else they can create. I mean, we saw it in Charlotte with Kemba Walker. He was loyal to that team for how long? And then finally was just like, I've had enough. Like, give me somewhere else. So I, I, think, I think you're going to look at Zach Levine next year. Yep. I think Bradley Beal. They're they're names, man. They're not just they're not uh, Devin Booker is a name that I can see. You know, going. Yeah. yeah. So who are you going to give up? I don't know. Maybe the Sixers can't make a move for them. But right. they were. What well, my whole point is is they're smart not to give up Simmons because now I feel like Simmons versus and Harden straight up would have been a trade. Instead, yeah. before you were going to give up Simmons, three draft picks, Maxi, Thibel, and now it's like, look what Simmons has done this year. Yeah. He's an asset, but he's one you want to keep because right. I truly believe he's going to cement himself as a top 10 to 12 player in the NBA by the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, he's already on pace with defensively. The offense is getting there. I mean, it's it's a matter of time before he's, his name's being brought up in those top 10 lists. I, I will by far, by far. I mean, you win defensive player of the year. You're valuable, right? Like that, that's something that you just don't get overnight. Like the people that have been defensive player of the years or have been in the running, like a Patrick Beverly, those guys don't go away. Right. If playing defense doesn't go away. Now, when you get older, you lose a step. This dude's 24 years old. That's the thing. I mean, you look at the prime yet. Look at the other super teams in the league. The Lakers, LeBron's, what, 36? 36. 37 coming up. I mean, the Nets, they're all. Harden's over 30. Yeah. I mean, they're all pushing it. Um, You know, Kawhi Leonard's not getting any younger. Um, Giannis. I don't think the Bucs have the team around him to make a run. I just, the Bucs are such an anomaly to me that, I mean, you have Giannis, who's great. 
But it seems like every team they build around him just always has a weakness to exploit. I mean, I think if they had kind of held on to what they had with like Brogdon at one point, then they would be okay. But they keep trying to make the moves. They get antsy. And that's why I like the patience of Maury because he's not firing the gun on all these names that pop up. He's just sitting and watching, evaluating. And he's now, if, if a player like Zach Levine comes available. What 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 do we give? Like, because that's a guy that that's yeah. next level, right? That's you right. got to give up Tobias, right? You got to give up. You got to give up Tobias. You got to give up Maxi. You probably got to give up Thibel. Well, I mean, it, theoretically, you probably could get it done without Tobias being in the mix. But you're talking probably Thibel, Shake, and Maxi in that package. Well, Salary filler. For Zach Levine, I take that. I I would drive Zach Levine myself. Now, now obviously, yeah, Devin so. Booker, you're going to have to give up. Devin Booker's top tier. Yeah. So I think if like a Beal or a Booker becomes available, I don't think Sixers can afford them. No. We're going to want Banner Joel, and you're not getting either, right? Right. But I do think Zach Levine is a guy that's in their wheelhouse. I think so, too. I mean, he. I don't think he's happy in Chicago. Chicago seems to be one of those teams as well that could go a different direction if they don't have Levine. I mean, they're another young squad, kind of like, you know, similar to the Kings. If they would give up Buddy Heald, it's man. I'm, not, I'm glad we didn't gamble on him because he's having a. He really is. It's. And, I mean, I was like, okay, you want to give up like something and a you know a first whatever. We're low first every year anyway to right. get a shooter. He looks bad, man. Yeah, he looks bad. And then you know the Warriors gave up a lot for Kelly Oubre, and he looks bad and. Awful. That's the problem. A lot of these shooters don't look good, and it's making us signing, you know, Curry look a lot better. Like when we traded for him, I'm like, wrong Curry, dude. Like what? That Curry trade. I mean, looking back at that, and looking back at last season and how he's playing this season, I mean, Josh Richardson. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about falling off a cliff, man? I have high hopes for him, man. That guy has just looked awful in Dallas. I mean, Mavs fans are still upset i think they wore draft night anyway but they kind of talked themselves into josh richardson like we talked ourselves into yeah, Josh because he had that miami year i mean a rookie year in miami it's like he's he's young he looks good he can shoot the basketball he plays great defense his defense is falling off mm-hmm. his ball handling is is subpar now it's it's just crazy to think because at the time i thought we overpaid because we gave up the draft pick and, and, and for and now, I mean, I would I would give up another draft pick just to just as like an I'm sorry that this happened to you guys. Here's yeah. another second round pick to make up for the fact that we we stole from you. And that's the thing, like the Al Horford deal. Uh, what is Al Horford doing? Has anyone heard from Al? Uh, he's doing okay. I think he's getting 16 a night, but it's a 16. I mean, last, not, here's a problem last year, and the Sixers, and uh, you know. I don't hate Al Horford. I'm, his family said stupid shit, but oh, yeah, not yeah, yeah. his sister, but um, he <laughs> okay. He shot 108 three pointers, and this stat always stood out to me with the Celtics the year before we got him. By like the All Star break last year, he shot like 140, and it's like you didn't sign him to shoot threes, did you? Right. right. Why is he out there? And that's because Brett Brown's offense sucked. That's right. why Embiid was out there and Horford was out there. And you're like, they're centers and power forwards. They should be in the paint, yeah. right? 
Now, if, if Embiid gets a pick and can roll out and bring a big guy out, now Ben could either drive in or kick. That works. But every possession having your center at the three-point line, you're not getting offensive rebounds. No. This, it's just um, a totally different basketball team. They really wanted to make Al Horford a stretch four. And he's not. Stretch he's four. Not, he's too big, man. That, that was just unfortunate for Al because he's a nice guy. He's still a decent player, but way too much money to play a role that he was not built for when you already have a stretch for in Tobias. Like, it's like Superman being like, all right, I'm going to buy Kryptonite so he doesn't kill me. And yeah. that's what the Sixers tried. It's like Horford killed Embiid. Yep. Killed him, right? Now Embiid would eat Horford, right? Different Embiid. But yeah. three years ago, Horford ate Embiid, right? And they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to buy Al. We're going to buy Superman's kryptonite so we he can't kill him. Yeah. And he ended up killing him on the same, same team. He killed him. Yeah. It was it was a mess. I, I hated the signing at the time. I really long for like seeing like the Nerlens Noel Joel beat on defense. Like I really just that's one that I, I wish we never, never got rid of was uh, Nerlens. I love Nerlens. Before we signed Dwight, I thought that's that was going to be the move in the off season. I mean, he he had that Instagram post or Facebook post that was like ready for this, and it was him in a Sixers jersey, and I was just so hype. And then we it's signed Dwight. I was, I was still hype, but I was like, oh, Nerlens. That's a guy we can get. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah. I think that, uh, we we said last week uh, we can see him adding maybe Nerlens and Kyle. Who knows though? I mean, the Knicks are the four seed now, <laughs> so that's true, and they're celebrating. Yeah, I mean, we're on here saying we have championship aspirations, but come on, we've been a playoff team. Yeah, the Knicks, man. I, you know what my favorite thing about the Knicks is, and this is my nerdy side, is Obi Toppin wears number one, so he's Obi one. <laughs> and if that's not the best fucking marketing thing in yeah. the world. I don't know what is. Yeah. I mean, it. it's it's good for basketball when the Knicks are good. I'll say that. But they're they're not a team that I think is going to have a deep run. It's it's crazy, though, because I didn't think Miami was a team that was going to have a, a, a deep run last year. And that's, that's, that's why they play the game. You know, yeah. that's why they play the – who would have thought two years ago in the NFL the Titans would be in the AFC championship game? Or, or it, the Bills, man. The, it's like this is, this is kind of why you play. And I do think the Knicks, um, they're young. They're hungry. Mm-hmm. And I think it, they're, I think now they're if they stay four or five, they're going to get a big name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to attract a big name or they're going to trade for a big name. Yeah, also possible. I mean, they have like 17 power forwards on that team, so they can easily three of them and and get like a a nice. I'm saying you have you like remember like and I I love the shirt. I had it when it said Center City because we had Nerlens, Joel, and Ja. Yeah, I love that. It was cute because Center City, you know. But I'm like, can't we trade one of these guys and get like a like a shooting guard? Well, I feel like the Knicks. Like if I was a Knicks fan, I'd be like, all right, can we like get rid of one of these power forwards and maybe get some speed, you know? Right. I think the the name that they would probably not trade, but they should strike while the iron is hot is they should float Julius Randle out there. And that see guy, what like, reassert- yeah. Julius Randle is one of those guys that gets sneaky good numbers and you just forget about him when you're talking about the NBA. Like yeah. when I do my fantasy drafts on NBA, I'm like, I'm not going to draft Julius Randle because he's like the guy who sits there who's like, 10 points higher than anyone, but nobody's drafted him. <laughs> right. And then like, 
You see him in real life and he's putting up like 25. Like, I, he always seems to have career nights against the Sixers, too. Oh, my God. Julius Randle always eats us. Always <laughs> eats us, dude. No matter what team he's on, when he's with the Lakers, when he's on the Pelicans, he just yep. always found a way to get like 25, 30 points against the Sixers. It sucks because I really wish the Sixers were going to sign a uh, boogie. But yeah, I don't see it happening, but that would be fun. He's going to go back to LA, right? I would assume so. I would be AD out. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not going to Brooklyn since him and Harden apparently hate each other now. Um, So if not, the only team that worries me would be Boston. Do we know? Yeah. But Boston's not even what they're not even the eighth seed right now. No, but because their, their centers are Tristan Thompson (laughs) And yeah, he was, he was, you know, that people know that name. It doesn't mean he's good. It's because <laughs> you were married to a famous Kardashian. Yeah. Um, you're like Chris Humphreys, buddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we just covered two sports and now the sport that just started this week that I'm most excited about because 8,000 people can go to citizens bank and you better believe my ass has taken my daughter to her first baseball game this year. Buying her a fanatic hat, buying her a Bryce jersey because we love Bryce in this household. Um, is the Philadelphia Phillies. And do I think they're gonna be great? No. Do I think they're gonna be improved? Maybe. Because this show is called What a Relief Tonight. <laughs> but I still don't know if we have the relief that we need to be a playoff baseball team. Last year. I believe they blew at least 16 of the 60 games they played. I think it was higher. It might have been 20. It might have been a third. If you blow a third of the games you play, that means you are in the lead in the last two innings and you blow it. Yeah. What is the Philadelphia Philly ceiling this year? Let's go over that first. I think they're a playoff team, right? I think they could sneak in. I don't think they're going to win the East. I think the Braves are too good. I think the Braves are way too good. Yeah, I think the Mets are better than the Phillies. I can see the Phillies sliding in that second wild card spot, but it doesn't matter as long as we just said, as long as you get to the dance, any team could get hot. What are your kind of vision for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2021? I I see them on par with the Mets. I think the Mets on paper are a better team than the Phillies, but I think the Phillies have the capability of hanging with them in the standings. I keep telling myself that they can't possibly do any worse than they did last season. I, that's been my mantra going into spring training is they can't do any worse. But they, they could can always do worse. <laughs> They're the Phillies. <laughs> They're the Phillies. They could always do worse. And, but I'm excited, man, because you know what? why I get excited for baseball? Because I could sit out back, watch my TV, Drink a couple cold ones, smoke a cigar with a fire pit, and watch baseball. Yeah. It's my favorite time of the year, right? Because there's a game on every damn night. You're like, you're more shocked when the Phillies aren't playing than when they are. Yeah. Right? So I'm super excited. Now, I I, I did pull up the list of uh, what MLB thinks the Philadelphia Phillies opening day roster is. So we're going to go over it position at a time. Catcher, JT Romuto, Andrew Knapp. You're paying this guy $20 million now. I don't want to see Knapp more than like once every two weeks. And if so, give another guy a rest and 
put Ramuto at first base. Yeah. Paying away too much now, right? As long as that thumb's healed, then JT is the guy, I think, for 95% of the games. Yeah. Yeah. And it scares me spending that much because, like, we saw the Twins spend that much on Maurer, and Maurer was great, and the the Giants spend that much on Buster Posey, and Posey was great, but their knees, their catchers, their knees. So unless you have an escape plan, and maybe that is their escape plan, maybe Reese doesn't have the year, and they go, Ramuto, we're sending you to first base. Yep. That's the that's the good thing about this contract. Mm-hmm. So catchers, Ramuto, Andrew Knapp. Obviously, Ramuto's playing 95% of the game, and the five that he doesn't put him at first base because I don't I I want that guy in the lineup on the field. You, yeah. you spent a lot of money on him. No. Right. Last year, he wanted 12 million a year for arbitration. You settled at 10 and a half. You should have signed the guy last year for sixty million for four years and saved yourself six million, but yeah. you did it. I'm glad JT's back. He's a great asset. One of my favorite Phillies. Great Italian last name. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna go now to the first base, which is my must-hit position. This is a position you need to have to win big in baseball is a first baseman that can rake. Mm-hmm. We need Hoskins to rake. Yeah. I need 35. I need 75. And I need you to like literally not strike out a hundred times. <laughs> I, need, right. I need you to literally put the ball in play. Yeah. Now strikeouts aren't a big deal. If you're putting up Brian Howard numbers, we're right. 40 and 140. Right. You can I don't give a fuck. I got every other time. <laughs> don't care. We need we need Hoskins. We need he is a vital piece of this team. He is a crucial piece of the Phillies puzzle. What do we think for Hoskins this year? I mean Contract year. Big year. Yeah, big year for him. He was looking good last year and then he got hurt. Um, so you know, we'll see how he bounces back from that. Uh, you know, it was what elbow injury. So those are always tricky, but I mean, we've, we've seen flashes of what Reese can do. We just need to see it consistently and we haven't yet. So this is the year. And I mean, he has all the motivation in the world because he needs to prove himself. Like you said, you have JT on the wings. I mean, JT in the twilight of his career is probably going to be our first baseman. So Reese probably gets a two, three year contract if he plays well, if he doesn't, I mean, I, I could see them passing on. So he definitely has the pressure, and I, I can see him being motivated enough. So I like the guy too. He's I a likable dude. He's a good guy to have on the team. He seems like he seems like you know a stand-up player in the community. You know, it, he's not a big name like all Phillies fans know who Reese is. All like NL East fans know who Reese is, but he's not like that that garden variety name that you always hear about. So I want to see him make himself that this year. And that's the funny thing is, and that's what I'll never forgive Philly fans is you turned your back so quick on a guy who tours Achilles, who put up numbers like we've never seen in Philadelphia. You yeah. turned your back so quick on Ryan Howard. Because and what would out. we give? What would we give in Philadelphia to have those numbers Ryan Howard was putting up? If we have Ryan Howard numbers on the Phillies last season, it doesn't matter how many games that bullpen blows because we're we probably have a solid enough lead that you can't blow it. Now, granted, we had Ryan 
hitting 50, Chase hitting 35, Jason Worth hitting 30. You know, 30. we had a great baseball team. Yeah. This is a little bit different. We no. don't have the power, right? I think we're lacking the power. But we have, I think, a very solid team. Yeah. Segura will be the primary uh, second baseman. Yeah. I like Gene Segura. Segura's my guy, man. That's that's my guy. He was he always dropping. Last year, yeah. start off a little slow. The guy can get on base. The guy can hit the baseball. Has a little pop. I, I like that they moved him to second. He's, so they can he's, add he's a no-brainer for me at second. I mean, he, I'm not worried about him. When they moved him to third, I was like, I don't know about that. But you put him at short or at second, I have no worries at all. He's a middle infielder, and he's going to play that position well. I hate when they move people to third because it's a hot corner. And it's like it's not everyone can play that position. You can come up through the minors playing third. I don't want you put there just to experiment. I want someone who knows the position. Like I get kind of like weird when they even try to put Kingery. Like, and I get like he's a every every position player, utility player, whatever you want to call him. But you need, and that's another thing is you need someone to really lock down that third baseman. You know your strengths are your corners in your infield. Yeah, your first and your third baseman. The first baseman has to be able to stretch and catch the ball. I think Hoskins needs to improve. He he's getting better. He's getting there. Needs to improve. His glove's getting better. And at third, Alex Boom's so young that I don't know. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he showed flashes of it last year. Um, for me, third base, I've never really cared how good you are on offense, but you better be very good at defense. I mean, look at Pedro Felice. I mean, guy, guy was fantastic. And he came out to Lincoln Park faint. And I'll never forget. You know, Twenty <laughs> times a year, I'd go go see the Phillies during that time because I had the seventeen came pass. Yeah, every time he came out the Lincoln Park faint, I got a little, I got a little hyped. Um, <laughs> mostly got out, but damn, at least at least he had a nice intro. Um, yeah. Then we have DD, um, DD Gregorius at shortstop. I'm so glad they signed this guy. Yeah. I am so glad they signed this guy. This was, guy's gonna hit thirty home runs this year. Yeah, easily. I mean, he was at Citizens Bank. He's going to hit 30. He reminds me, and it's my favorite baseball player of all time. He reminds me a little bit of Alfonso Soriano. You don't expect the pop to come from that guy that does. Yeah. I mean, he was killing balls last season. I mean, second deck constantly. Like Soriano, people be like, oh, he's this puny guy. He swung the longest bat, the heaviest bat in baseball, and would hit 430-foot home runs and hit 45 a year. And you're like, Holy shit. Yeah. Didi's not going to hit 45 a year, no. but Didi's going to hit 30. And Didi's another guy like Segura where you have no real concerns about the glove. He might have an error here and there, but you know, he's You're not going to get Jimmy production ever again. No, never will. You're I never going to you're like you're not going to have you're never going to have Howard at first. You're never going to have Utley at second. Like the golden years are gone. We'll never see a team like that 08 team again. No, oh, and the scary thing is the 09 team was even better. And, then, and the and scary the, team is the 10 team was even better. And then the 11 team when we had the the, the pitching rotation that oh, should have just dominated. And everyone got hurt. Yeah. And that was the end. Lee got hurt. Halliday got hurt. And that was the end. But, man, what a fun run that was. But I think the Phillies are going to be fun because now we move to third baseman. And you have Alex Boom. Is it Boom or Bomb? I call him Boom. 
I always said Bohm as well. I don't yeah, know. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, Alex Bomb is a really cool last name. Like, if we can call him A Bomb, and that would be fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, we could start marketing shirts. You can go get shirts at the Wizwit store on uh, T Public. Uh, but I think this kid's going to be really good. I love his number. I love the number 28. Brings back good memories. Yeah. Um, so I think if you move Alex anywhere, it's going to be if Reese doesn't perform and you move him to the first base. Hey, Ender, how are you, by the way? Um, yeah, if you move, boom, I'm going to keep, I'm going to call him boom until someone corrects me to first base is if Hoskins has a bad year, that might be the play too. So yeah. Hoskins is under intense pressure this year because you got, your, you got two people coming at you. Yeah, I think they're going to keep JT catching for two to three years, right? That's yeah. what you paid him for. He calls a great game. No one can run on him. I mean, oh when, they, when they signed him to the to his contract, the next like three days, I just sat and rewatched the JT throwing out base runners clips on YouTube. I will say the Phillies have some of the best arms. Like people yeah. sleep on Harper, but that dude has a hose, man. He man, he could uh, he can throw. He can throw. Um. So let's move to the outfield, which is is weird for me because I th there's a name on there that I don't like, and he's got to start the other day, and we talked yep. about him last week, and uh, let's just let's get over it and then talk about him. Is Aduba Herrera going to make this team? I've, Are you a Roman Quinn guy? Do you think Roman Quinn can no, get it? I don't. I I don't trust Roman to stay healthy. Um, I, I like Aisley. Uh, I think he's he's fun, but he's not going to be. Never, he reminds me of Jeff Jenkins. Yeah, like he's kind of like, like okay, I'll hit like a quiet eighteen to twenty. I like when they put Kingry in center. Um, I trust him back there more so than I do at third base. But again, I I don't want to have a platoon in center field because that's your most important position on in the outfield, in my opinion. Even if you just went mostly defensive. Now, where uh, I guess because you have your corner shored up with McCutcheon and Harper. Yeah. And I, I and it sucks that we got McCutcheon at the end of the year, because end of his career, because center field, man. Yeah. There's nothing. Andrew McCutcheon was a stud. Yeah. People forget how good Andrew McCutcheon really was. He yeah. still got popping him. It's a shame we got him at the end of his career because I've always wanted McCutcheon. I'll never forget when I had my 17 game pass and I'd go all the time. The one time me and my father were sitting there, we're just drinking beers, talking. And we saw Andrew McCutcheon practicing, running the bases during batting practice. I've never seen that in my life. Someone yeah. with a helmet on, reading the ball. Yeah. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And I, I took that with me. It's like, you know, I'm big on basics. Like, the mm -hmm. basics are what makes you great. And I think that was your, even McCutcheon might have won MVP. He was just so good. Yeah. He was so good. And I think he still has it. I, I don't think he's MVP. The guy can give you those Pat Burrow-like stats, not 38 home runs or whatever, but those consistent, you can count on him. He's yeah. consistent as long as he doesn't get hurt. I mean, in 2019, that Phillies team makes the playoffs if he doesn't tear his ACL. I mean, that they were on pace too, and then he gets hurt. And left field's just a question mark for the rest of the year. Um, so I think that I think that he is just a good presence to have in the clubhouse. He's a fun guy. You want to root for McCutcheon. So it's good to have him. And you know, so him and Bryce 
You know, you have no worries about your corner outfielders. It's just center field is is the question mark. And, you know, to circle back to the question, does Duval Herrera make this team? I, I think he has to. Like he has to. I don't necessarily like that he does. Um, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's not my decision. And if, you know, the, the clubhouse is okay with him, the coaching staff's okay with him, then, you know, who am I to say no? I just, oh. It's it's tough. It, it'll be tough to root for him just because of what he's done. But, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, if, if he's on this team, then he's on the team. You know, I'll still support the Phillies. I won't support him necessarily, but you know, I'm not going to root for his failure either. If he does well, he helps us win, right? So it's like, I mean, the easiest way for absolution in Philadelphia is to is to start winning games. Um, and, and, you know, Michael Philly, Vick, right? Michael Vick's the prime right. example. Michael Vick is the prime example of that. I mean, Philly fans forgave a lot with Allen Iverson, not to you know the extent, but I mean, he had you know some trouble too. Um, you know, so, look at Baltimore. Ray Lewis killed him. <laughs> I mean, geez, look at look at a lot of the Chiefs players. Oh my God! The, listen, and that's like, it, it's just crazy to me. But listen, yeah. like like we said, we're not the judge and jury on this. All right. If we were, he probably wouldn't be a Philly. But the odds are, he's going to be a Philly. He's going to yeah. be on the opening day roster, and we're going to have to embrace him. Uh, aside from the Phillies going out and getting like Jackie Bradley Jr. and then. That's done. That's your center fielder, and we just have. You know, that. So we obviously, just, we we talked about the outfield, the utility. Scott Kingery, Brad Miller, they're cool. Whatever. We had Eric Bruntlett at one point. Like, <laughs> I'm cool with that. You know, what I mean, Eric Bruntlett. I used to. I I remember I got so drunk the one time I was trying to order an Eric Bruntlett jersey at the stadium, and they didn't make them. <laughs> it was the other third base, Greg something, on that 08 team. Greg. Um, I remember Eric Bruntlett in the triple play. Yeah. Oh my God. It's gonna bother me. He was our he was our left-handed bench player, Greg. Uh, hold on, I gotta look this up because now it's on my my mind. It's like you look up Greg and like Greg Lizinski comes up. You're like, no, no, that's not it. That's not it. It probably wasn't even Greg. Greg Dobbs. Greg Dobbs. Greg Dobbs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dobbs for president. Yeah. So, so we could do a lot worse with Ben. Yeah, right. World Series with those guys as our bank. <laughs> um, all right. And as we wind down, let's go to the starting rotation. Aaron yeah. Nola, Zach Wheeler, Zach Alf, uh, Eflin, Matt Moore, Chase Anderson. One through three, sure thing. Four and five, question marks. I miss the days when our fourth best pitcher was Joe Blanton. Yeah. God, you know, you Joe Blant would go 13 and six and you'd be happy. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the other two. I, the, no. I don't know. I listen, baseball is weird, it is. Um, and as long as it's not Vinny Velasquez, I am so good with it. He is still on the team, though. I don't know. He's like a weatherman. How does this guy keep his job? I think he could be a good middle reliever, two, three innings, coming for like, yeah. Like give him one inning. Good for two, three innings, but any more than that, I mean. Once they go around the lineup, get his ass yeah. out. Get him Vin, out. 
Danny Velasquez in the fourth and fifth innings was always a, like the, ah, shit, here we go. It's like this dude will have a no-hitter through three, and you're like, oh, Vinny's doing well. N- next three pitches are fucking home runs. It's 3 nothing, And you're like, how did that happen? He'll retire like the first eight, and then he'll give up a 450-yard bomb to the pitcher. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vinny Velasquez. And he's – so oh, yeah. the starting rotation is enough to get to the playoffs. I don't think it's enough to make a push. I, I think, do think at a trade deadline, you got to make a move or you, you got to find someone. I think we're going to see Eflin have a career year this year. I think he's going to be the one that breaks out because Nola and Wheeler, I think, are just consistently. Nola started so weird last year, yeah. though, man. And it's COVID. And you got you got to say that. I hate saying it. It's COVID. Like, it's uh, that year is weird. So getting like a spring training fully this mm-hmm. year. I think that helps. That gets them in the zone, um, and we'll we'll see what the four and five of the rotation do. But one through three, I think, I think we would we'll have at least two twenty game winners, in my opinion, out of those three. Yeah, that I mean, is this a, is this Nola's year? Is this Nola's year to be in the Cy Young contention to lock down a Cy Young award? Yeah. I think, I mean, he has. I think Nola is going to have a good year. I think this is Bryce Harper's year. Yeah. I mean, Nola is an MVP Bryce year. I don't know why. Right. Nola's kind of one of those guys, like similar to, um, you know, Reese, where we know him. We trust him as one of our franchise guys. Did he come in second in the Cy Young like two years ago? Years ago. Yep. Yeah. So, like, we should know this guy. Yeah. To an extent, I mean, NL East fans know who Naranola is. NL fans probably do. American League fans are probably like, who? Well, listen, there's some pitchers that I'm like, who's that guy? Right. He's 14 and two. Who is he? Like, because it's so like, I don't think about the AL until, like, I watch the AL to check on Mike Trout. Let's see what (laughs) Trout's doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So, our closers this year, and this is why it's called, oh, what a relief. Archie Bradley, Hector Norris, Jose Alvarado, Connor Brogdon, Jojo Romero. Now, last time we had a Romero on our team, JC Romero, <laughs> it worked out. Brandon Kinsler, Tony Watson, and Vinny Velasquez. Um, there are very few locks here. Bradley, Norris, and Alvarado might be the only ones. Yeah. Um, Romero looked good sometimes last year, which I can include, but he also looked awful. So, again, I can't say anyone looked good last year. If you blow that many games, you're not you're not great. What do you think about the closing position? Um, I mean, I, I think it it's probably going to be a tryout in the spring training. And I hate that. Yeah, bring in a fucking closer. Yeah, we and saw they, how valuable closers are. Definitely could have. I don't want it to be Naris again. Um, I like his stuff, but not as a closer. He's a good think, eighth inning guy. I think he'd be a good man. man. Yeah. Good setup man. He's a nice seventh or eighth inning guy, but he doesn't, I mean, he's, he's like, he reminds me like, you know, like not the pitch style, but Matson. Yeah. Matt, Mad dog would come in the eighth. Yeah. And then yeah. Brad would come in. Brad would come in. I mean, I, I think he's more in that role. Um, you know, like we, a JC Romero. We need the Brad. We need, we need the, <laughs> We don't have a Brad right now, and and I don't know that any of the names you listed are going to be happening. 
as yeah, because right. Brad Lidge was a name when we brought him in. Right. You know what I mean? And like closers, we saw the Yankees dominated because they had the best closer of all time. Yeah, I mean, we won a World Series and got back to one because they had solid closing pitching. Yeah. And that is my, I said, Reese's position's the most important. The most important role on this team is the closer. Because yeah. last year they could not close. They'd be up three runs in the eighth, and by the ninth, they're down. And you're like, how? Yeah. You know if, what? These ball three runs should be a lock. Give it to Vinny Velasquez. Let's see what he does as a closer. Why not? <laughs> right? I mean, listen, if he only has a face four or five, I'm going to give Vinny the nod. He has he has the arm. He, he can throw it past him the first time through. So, like, give it a shot. Make it make it the old Brett Myers situation. Oh, where I, hate Brett Myers. <laughs> I know. I hated Brett Myers. Too. I hated Brett Myers as a closer even more. There's so many people I look at. I'm like, man, I really didn't like that guy. But that 08 team, I'm glad. I love JC Romero. I love Batson. I love Lidge. I, I love them all. Yeah, I'm glad but, that he lost the only game against Tampa Bay because I never watched that game when I rewatched the World Series. It's like, good, I don't have to watch Brett Myers pitch. <laughs> did you? I mean, did you have like? Do you have faith that this team is still attractive to people to come to? In terms. Free agents or fans? No, no, I think the fans, Bryce Harper's there. Yeah. I think the fans are going. I think Bryce, first off, Bryce Harper's everything that we want our Philadelphia athlete to, to be. We talk, had a long discussion a couple weeks ago about how Wentz wasn't that guy. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper's that guy. Bryce yeah. Harper is Philly, right? You yeah. forgot that that dude was a rival. He was a gnat for seven years. You forget about that. Yeah. Because he, I've never seen someone fall in love with our city like, like Bryce Harper has that, that clear water T-shirt, man. That's I'm buying it. Yeah, I'm buying it. I, I want mean, the baseball I, bat. I want the fanatic bat. Yeah, I have, my, my wife, I have the bandana. I wear it to the yeah, my wife wears the bandana all the time. I mean, anything Bryce Harper puts on, it's just like, oh yeah, sure, I'll buy that. Well, first off, he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, he's the face of baseball, like one of the faces. I would say Fernando Tatis is now right. the face of baseball, which is great. Young, cool, looks Bryce good. Harper. Is a, is a player that everyone knows. If you're a baseball fan, you know who, even if you're not a baseball fan, you know who Bryce Harper is. And I think Bryce Harper, as much as he brings the fans in, I think he makes the Phillies an attractive destination for players too. And that's what I was going to get to because you know, a lot of people want to stay. JT yeah. wants to stay. Reese wants to stay. They all want to stay. Yeah. Staying's not going to win us a championship. Right. We attract. Who can we get to sign? And I know a lot of times now it's a money thing, but the city has to be attractive to these players. Right. And I think that that Bryce being there guaranteed for the next 10-plus years, I mean, that that tells these incoming free agents, like this guy loves this city, loves this fan base, loves this team enough to say, I'm with you for 13 years, Mm -hmm. then sure, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I think Bryce is kind of our golden ticket in that aspect as well. He's going to put the fans in the seats. He's going to bring in the free agents. It is a fun time in Philadelphia sports. The Flyers are young and hungry. The Sixers look great. The Phillies have a young, hungry team, an attractive team. And the Eagles are the Eagles. Um, So 
We will probably be breaking down a little bit more about the Eagles as actually I just read on my phone that they have, they're keeping Brandon Graham. They have restructured his deal. Yeah. Howie, thank you for that. I'll criticize you all I want, but thank you for keeping Brandon Graham around because he's the only one that produced last year. Um, Matt, where can they find you? You follow me on Twitter. It's at 3CT, the letter A, Philly as in Philadelphia, the number eight. So 3CT affiliate. That stands sort of for Three Count Thursday. You can hear me on there. Every Thursday night, we're on Facebook at Three Count Thursday, talking wrestling every week. Uh, so come on, join us if you like that sort of thing. And I am starting to uh, do watch alongs with everyone on the WizWit account as well. So just follow me on my twitter so you know when i'm going to be there doing that and we'll yeah and i love that you're doing that and i'll start doing that more um after spring, I, I, now if you're from the philadelphia area i am from wildwood new jersey and i am in a retail business that supplies a lot of the hotel stuff so these next three months for me are hell on earth and then the summer's great and that's why i love the summers because we slow down and i can enjoy the beach the beers and the bikinis so that is what makes me happy. But the next three months are crazy. But in the summer and during Eagles, I'm sure we'll be rotating because I mean tweet Eagles games all day long anyway. Um, so thank you for doing that, Matt. It's been great. And thank you for all of our new followers. This is your first time checking us out. You can follow me at Game of Ant, um, twitch.tv backslash Game of Ant. I play video games. I do it all. WizWits on there. Um, I have a, a show called The Five Second Rule that's coming back. It's a general topic podcast, um, which will be making uh, its monthly debut, re-debut on Monday, which is crazy. It's a different side of me. It's a more hyper side of me. It's going to be fun. But we have a lot of good stuff coming on. This show, as far as podcasting go, is my main priority. I think we could do a lot of fun stuff with this. A lot of cool hangouts when the world opens up and the world's starting to open up. Now, um, also T public, you can get our shirts Wiz wit. I, those things were selling when I didn't even have the show back on. And I think it's cause people just like cheesesteak logos. So mm-hmm. go buy one. Thank you guys for joining us. Enjoy the all-star break. Let's go flyers. And the Phillies start really soon. We'll see you in two weeks.